Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of the RTGA podcast. It's football all the way this weekend, and to chat through all the permutations of our final round of group matches are Enda McGinley, Cora Staunton, Michael Foley of the Sunday Times. So let's, I suppose, go through these in each group. 16 are going to become 12, which does seem like an awful long, convoluted way to get to 12 teams. But anyway, that's for another day uh, with our final round of, of round-robin matches. What we definitely know is that Galway, Mayo, Derry, Monaghan and Donegal are all already through and Clare are the only county in any of the groups who can't progress so let's go through the groups piece by piece then guys so group one we already know Mayo already through on four points Kerry and Cork both on two points and Loud are still in with it with a chance if they can beat Kerry you've got Kerry against Loud in O'Moore Park and Cork against Mayo in the Gaelic grounds and let's start with this one Cora because it does I suppose in a lot of ways we were all waiting for Kerry and Mayo to set this whole thing alight in that opening day and Kerry's loss really is, is is probably the one that stands out in that time in terms of it means that they still have to fight on the final weekend when Mayo can maybe rest up a little bit and know that they're definitely going through. Yeah, I think I think that was obviously probably, I wouldn't say the surprise result of the group, but um, I suppose in the manner that it happened and the defeat that Kerry took that evening, I think, and, and Mayo's performance, I think that's probably the standout in the group. That being said, I suppose, as all Mayo supporters, Mayo's performance against Loud in the last day, you know, we were probably looking for something, you know, as as high as we got against Kerry. But, um, you know, the performance against Loud was, was, I wouldn't say it was very poor, but it wasn't anywhere near the standard where we were against Kerry. And again, we struggled to break down that blanket defence, um, a bit like the Connacht Championship game against Roscommon. So I think Mayo supporters kind of came away um, a little bit unhappy from that um, in regards, you know, um, they thought the team were on this um, trajectory, especially after the Kerry, um, the Kerry win. So, um, yeah, it's good, though, in, in a way for um, Kevin McStay. They know they're already qualified. They'll want to obviously top the group and have that week off and, and go straight through to a quarterfinal. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he'll do in, in regards to team selection. His team selection has been a bit different in the last uh, two group games um, compared to championship. He has changed things up. And um, there has obviously been um, rumblings here about, you know, the personnel that he's leaving on the bench and, and his captain, Patrick Durkin, and players of the calibre, Stephen Cohen. So, yeah, he has options. He has choices. Um, you know, there is the injury to Killian O'Connor over the group stages. Will he be back? It's rumoured to say he will. Obviously, Jermyn didn't start against um, against Louds, but there's rumour that he'd be back. So, yeah, will he have a strong, strongest team back um, for... Cork I think he will will he play his strongest team I don't think he will but I think that he'll try and get minutes into the likes of uh, Killian O'Connor who hasn't played in a while and he'll still tinker with that kind of back line and trying to have that impact from the bench so he'll obviously want to get the win top of the group but I do think that he'll tinker a little bit with his team yeah, and look, that's the ability that's afforded to him, Enda, by winning on that opening day, that he can do that. I guess the difficulty for him is that he's coming up against the Cork team who have definitely shown sign of improvements in this championship. Yeah, absolutely. The Cork are, they've played some brilliant stuff and then they've managed to shoot themselves in the foot a couple of times as well. Uh, so you you wouldn't you wouldn't put it past Cork to actually turn over Mayo and then suddenly that group gets a lot more interesting and score difference might well come into it, but... 
the balance of odds would suggest Mayo will come through all right. Will they will they show will they get to test themselves? They're sort of their key Achilles heel that they have to sort of learn how to deal with is that sort of really packed tight defense, disciplined defense that they have trouble sort of breaking down. I, I don't think Cork are particularly going to ask that question, although with, with Walsh involved there, you would expect them to, but they haven't haven't really been doing it uh, to date and to any great success anyway. Maybe they, they will go again because certainly to beat Mayo, you have to slow them down. Uh, if Cork do that, Cork can certainly make it sticky for them, but you're you're expecting everything to go to form and the table to stay the way it's looking at the minute, Mayo, Kerry and Cork. I suppose the big conundrum in all that, Mick, is the All-Ireland champions, Kerry. We just It's very hard to get a gauge on them in this group so far, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like a lot of the main contenders for the All-Ireland. Like, I mean, if you looked across the groups now, you'd say no one's going to win the All-Ireland because all of them, <laughs> none of them are exactly playing themselves into contention. Galway are the kind of the stock answer now who's going to win the All-Ireland because they're they're being nice and steady. Uh, it's hard to know, Kerry, but look, it reminds me a lot. I mean, I think people have been grasping for comparisons with Kerry in 06 and 09 and the kind of the way that they're kind of working their way through this mid-season period, kind of not great, but getting the wins. And I mean, the Cork game was just about winning. Whatever about how they won, it was just about winning. And I actually think from a Mayo perspective, I think Sunday is actually just about winning as well. I I, I know what the lads are saying, but I I don't know. I, I think if Mayo were to lose now on Sunday, that's a fair old kick. I think that really puts them... I mean, the questions that are kind of being slightly left to one side in relation to Roscommon and the low performance would suddenly really come into focus if they can't beat Cork. They want, the, everybody will want that week off. Everybody will want that week off. I think it'll be a very good game. And I think I think Cork will make it really, will, will, will make it very competitive. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won, just because it's Cork. I mean, the worst thing about playing Cork is that no one knows what they're going to do. Least of all Cork themselves or the opposition for that matter. So they can't really plan for them. So, I think from a male perspective, I think they need to go out. I think they need to put, I think they just need to get the win. I think they just need to, I mean, if they don't finish top having won in Killarney, you're kind of kicking yourself, you know, and you don't want to be, you want to be going in on a good, in good, if they can win and finish top the group, they'd be going in in, in good shape uh, into the next phase. Kerry the same, Kerry, Kerry will get the win, they'll finish second. In their heads, I'm sure Jack will be saying, lads, look, we could probably do it the second game anyway, because Munster wasn't worth much to us. So another competitive game before the quarterfinals be no harm. Yeah, look, that's totally understandable on both of those. Maybe there's some more jeopardy in some of the other groups as well, though. You look at Galway already through on four points, Tyrone and Armagh both on two points, and Westmead still in with a shout in Group 2 as well. And Armagh against Galway, to me, in Carrick and Shannon Cora, feels like one of those seminal moments of the championship Given what they gave us last year in the championship, I do think people are expecting that this is a game where both of them really get to test their mettle against. Maybe people won't say Armagh are all Ireland contenders, but they're definitely one of the strong teams that Galway would want to win against if they are to mount a serious All Ireland challenge themselves. Yeah, I, I definitely think, and I think yeah, people will automatically look back to the to the quarter final last year and you know that great game and and the penalty shootout. Um, I think, yeah, I just think Galway are, are, are nicely building and have been through the league and championship. You know, that league final, why they were defeated to Mayo and, and it wasn't their, their best performance. There was that day when you sat in Crow Park, you looked at them going, God, they had four or five goal chances. If they took it on that day, they'd have, they'd have, they'd have bet Mayo. And since, since then, their kind of championship, the way they developed, 
yeah, they've had a bit of luck along the way in, in terms of the group games where they've played Sharon and Sharon got that, that man sent off earlier on. <clears throat> the same with, with Westmead, the game hinged on Ray Cannell and get sent off. So they, they haven't really been tested in the group games. I think this is where they could be tested Galway. And I think this will show a lot for Galway, but also for Armagh. Armagh have been very up and down, obviously, in, in, in that group. Um, you know, just about got over against Westmead, probably shouldn't have. And obviously they're lost Tyrone. So, yeah, I, I think a lot has been spoken about Armagh and, you know, are they there, are they thereabouts in All-Ireland contention? What we've seen, obviously, we've seen to date with Armagh, I couldn't say that they're, they are, but again, they could surprise us. I, I just think this match is going to tell us a lot about Galway, where they are. Down in, in, in Leitrim, Carrick and Shannon, um, you know, tight enough pitch. I just think that Porrick Joyce is building. I think they've got everything right throughout the league. They've, they've found players. You know, he's, he rested Comer the last day. You know, he came on, changed the game against Westmead. Um, he's found Johnny Maher in midfield. He's just found more clinical forwards. They're all, you know, fit and healthy. Walsh is, is coming into his own. Um, you know, obviously Matthew Tierney's had, had a great year. I just think they're building. Um, and I just think Park Joyce is just want to, again, get over get over the line against um, Armagh, get the week off and, and prepare for a quarter final. I just... Yeah, I just, there's this inkling around Galway and the way they perform. And I just think they have just been on an upwards trajectory all the time. I don't think in any of the games that you can kind of say, oh, they've been poor and, and they're going on a bit of a downwards um, spiral. And I think just from last year, they've learned so much from, from that All-Ireland defeat. They've found three or four players in different positions. Um, and I just think at the, at the moment, they have the most potent forward line. So, yeah, I can't see Anthem but a, a Galway win there. Mm. And I know they're a team that you like. And just to Cora's point, how much of a marker does winning this weekend show in that it A, gives Porrick Joyce a chance to rest his team, but B, really does that where they beat a, a strong contender, a big physical team and really show us what they're made of? Yeah, I think show us what they make. Uh, we would like what Michael was saying previously. None of the contenders are particularly a... Uh, leaving everybody for dead at the minute. And I would say Galway, yes, hugely impressive through Connacht. Uh, but like they struggled to put Trone away and Trone were down to 13 men at one stage. And and actually, I don't know, Galway maybe won that period when Trone were at 13 men 1-0 or something like that, or maybe there wasn't even anything in it. Uh, but certainly the game remained tight in Westmeath were actually the dominant side for 40, 45 minutes. So Galway have been poor. Now you could say that, you know, when the dust is settled in the full year, maybe that's the pattern. People that go well in the province take the dip and then build again, so that, that might well happen. But if that's going to happen, you're expecting an upward tick now against Armagh. Uh, Armagh, that, that National League game, Armagh bossed the National League game in, in the athletic grounds for a large part of it, and then they sat back a wee bit too deep and Galway got the run right at the end and came back and came back and came back and, and ended up winning the game, a game they celebrated that meant an awful lot to them down there. It was a really tight attritional game, complete opposite to the treat that we had in last year's championship, where Galway bossed it and then Armagh came right back at the at, at the end. So uh, the type of game we're going to have is very, very difficult to predict. And Armagh themselves are very difficult to predict. They, against Tyrone, for me, Tyrone were the better team when it was 15 v 15, but Armagh done huge amount right. And probably if they had went at it a wee bit earlier against Throne, could could well have stole that game because it was highly uncomfortable for Throne uh, towards the end. If Armagh really turn up, now they're without Ryan O'Neill, which is definitely a, a hit to them. Uh, but if Armagh turn up and, and are 
solid the way they have been, but get that balance a wee bit more right and get a wee bit of a rub of the green up front. They didn't get it against their own them goal chances. If they get one or two of them against Galway, I think they can ask Galway all sorts of questions. And where Armagh are fighting for this, I think Galway are a wee bit in their comfort zone. And unless they snap out of it, I wouldn't be surprised at all about an Armagh uh, result here. I'd be rating this, whilst I rate Galway as the higher team in terms of the All-Ireland chance, I'd be rating this one as pretty close to 50-50, to be honest. Mm. Last year proved that, Mick, too. You know, like how much of a setback would it be for this Galway team going the right way if they were to lose this game? Well, again, it's it's a bit like the Mayo one. Just don't screw up. Like mm. this isn't this isn't a time for uh, you know, you're not going to get any points for artistic merit this weekend. Like just just get the job done. So yeah, it would be. And again, it kind of just as Enda said, they're it, they're going fine. They're not pulling up any trees, which is grand. It's only. You know, it's the middle of June. You know, we've got another good five or six weeks before you want to see your very, very best coming from these teams. But uh, yeah, they just they just want to get just get it done. Um, Armagh, I'd be kind of along the same lines as the lads. Like I, I've I've been a bit doubtful about Armagh over the years. Really, it's only actually this year I, I was starting to come on and go. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're they are an All Ireland contender, but I just don't think they have the quality to beat enough teams at that high end to actually win or to, or to get near winning it. To be brutally honest, however. They have more than enough quality to take one team out on a given day. Um, and they, again, if they finish third, they're kind of a team you'd want to be avoiding uh, in the preliminary quarterfinals as well. So they have a lot going for them. It's just that they're probably they're just short those few percentage points the whole time. And they're mm. trying a lot of things to try and close the gap, but maybe it's not quite working out for them yet. The other point I make as well about Galway, <clears throat> excuse me, and it kind of it it kind of points to this whole thing. What how do you handle this season? So I think what we're possibly seeing is that teams that win provincial championships, it's game two is where you see them. I think we may have talked about this before, actually. It's it's game two where you see them kick on a little bit, or it's, that's the game they have to win. Whereas game one is the game for the likes of Cork or the likes of Loud or whoever, uh, Sligo, Kildare, to get to get a result if they're going to get one. Uh, and that gets them into that. So, so for Galway, again, as Enda said, you're kind of looking for that upward tick now. Um, so it could be a very interesting match. Interesting as well. I don't think the tickets are flying for this. It was roaring. I noticed that there was only five thousand tickets sold. Yeah, which tells you something about people are still adjusting to the whole idea of this group thing. Um, and obviously the crowds haven't been great. The reason being, I think, partly obviously the lack of jeopardy or whatever that people perceive. But again, I think you're going to see on Sunday evening, probably on the radio, you're going to see people tuning in, going, "Who's where?" It's going to be like the last day yeah. of the league. And yeah. it's this is all a learning process for people. So you could you could have seven or eight thousand people and people going, how come there's only eight thousand of that? And there was however many thousand. But you know what year. would have changed that all right? Again, okay, for all what we give out about this, and I know we don't have loads of time to be getting into different <clears throat> formats and whatever. But if only two were going through and this was a knockout game, that'd be a full stadium. I probably would. But the one thing I'd say about that is I understand why they went three out of four. I would prefer them to have gone three out of four this year and learn the lesson and go back to two out yeah. of four next year. Give players, give teams games and make sure that this weekend there's jeopardy on nearly every game, whatever that jeopardy looks like, and let people consume it, take it in. And if it's enough jeopardy, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, show on harm. You know what I mean? No one's losing out. Like next year, they can tighten it up and let's see. You were never, They were never going to get a bang on right first time round. It's too big of a change. And I think yeah. people are really, people are really struggling. Not struggling is the wrong word. People are still adapting so what this whole thing looks like, we've said this from the very beginning of the season, players, managers, supporters, media, officials, 
admin, everybody is figuring out how the hell does this thing work and it does it work. And this is this is all part of the process. This weekend is part of the process. Five thousand tickets sold in in the, in the midweek for a game that you would imagine should get fifteen or twenty thousand. That's part of the process. Uh, and part of the process too is we we don't know the full value of the positions. Yeah. Until we yeah, see how exactly. this pans out, because if you go next week and Dublin pull Derry in a preliminary quarter final, yeah. suddenly first position <laughs> looks key. If you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, if things remain as they are, I think Derry will top their group. We'll get on to that now. But just at, as the tables are at the minute, if Derry played Dublin or Dublin played Tyrone next week in a preliminary quarter final, we wouldn't have any preliminary quarter finals yeah. if there was two up. And ironically, if there was two up, the, the way it's worked out this year, actually, if there was two going through every game that is meaningful this weekend would still be meaningful the way it has panned out. But yeah. we know that there can be dead rubbers in other years. I don't think it adds hugely to the timeline and it gives us a preliminary quarter final round next week, which I think at least probably two of the ties if the draw is kind of could be crackers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, there's, and, gonna be, there's gonna and be skin and hair flying next weekend. Whatever. I, 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 I think so. And then your team's recovering from that into a quarter final and that gives us a narrative. So uh, again, I just think we all need to take time. I think the people sitting I could imagine the committee meeting where they tried to hammer this out. And everybody has the best of intentions of trying to make this a brilliant championship. And there is pros and cons. They have to make a decision. They've went with this. I, I don't think it's been a disaster. Some, the, the games haven't probably lived up. Throne Galway didn't live up because Man got sent off. Throne Armagh last week, Man got sent. So it's been unlucky in some ways that, that games haven't caught fire the way they might have. But I still think we're in for some interest. We've got interesting games this weekend. Not probably as many as what we could have. But we'll certainly... Have interesting games next weekend. Yeah, and look, I suppose that's the key of it, Corey, isn't it? Exactly as the lads have said, we just have to take this as a learning. And some of those third place teams, I'm telling you, a lot of the group winners are not going to be uh, wanting to draw any of them either. You could no, actually carry Dublin next week. Yeah, <laughs> you could. Ed is, Ed is getting very excited. He is <laughs> already. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually, let's get through this week first. Yeah, but I, I think I think I think a great example is to look at it. Even if you looked at the Talton Cup for our prelim games last week, I remember when the draw was done. I was in RT with Moss O'Shea, and we were looking at, oh, surely these are all home wins for the teams. And the way it panned out, it wasn't. There was some surprise in that Talton Cup, like Leash to come through, um, and even Wexford to come through. So I think you can, if you, if there's a surprise or two in a prelim quarterfinal. It'll make that the four teams and having the three teams through, it will make it all worthwhile. If the prelim quarterfinals go the way, you know, that the second team, you know, get through, then it might be a bit different. But I think there could be a shock or two in the prelims. Mm. And I think that'll make the value of having the, the three teams go through, um, you know, the value to add to the championship. Yeah, look, and I think all of us would sacrifice this to get a great knockout stages. So I think that that's fairly understandable. Last word on this group then, on your own Tyrone then. And uh, if they were to be a third place team coming out, which is highly possible now, given where we're, we're looking at this group, do you still think that they could give a serious All-Ireland run and take out a big team, given the way that they are playing right now? Uh, they can definitely take out big guns. So if they finish third, I think they, they can still take out a big gun. I think Tyrone always have that factor within them. Uh, do I think they would be genuine Ireland contenders? No, but the, it is possible. I would have said the same thing mid-season in 2021 when, when they went on and won it, if you know what I mean. So it's Michael mentioned the point earlier about Mayo and, and momentum and stuff like that, and I think it's absolutely key for some teams a hit below the waterline will really, really hamper them. 
Uh, I think the likes of Mayo lot or something like that would really just stir up the skeletons that are in the closets there. I think for Throne, Throne are a team that doesn't that doesn't matter just as much. Uh, so I think they could still do damage. Uh, I I expect them to beat Westmeath, and so I, I do expect them to finish second in, in, yeah. in the group. To be honest, uh, I was wrong earlier about predictions of the second play the third teams, which means that the permutations. Uh, will be a wee bit kinder to the second team and the home draws will be a factor there. But for me, Throne, Throne, there is a bit of confidence coming in. I think they were very happy with their first 20 minutes against Armagh. I think if they get another wee kick on this weekend against Westmeath, there is a bit of confidence starting to come into that Throne team. And part of that has been helped, no doubt about it, that the other teams aren't exactly setting, setting the world alight. So suddenly Tyrone with their own history and everyone else says, well, I tell you what, if, if nobody else is really fancying this, let's 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 have a go because this is absolutely winnable. Yeah, for sure. Group three then, guys. This is really the group where there's so much jeopardy because it's all to play for. You've got Dublin and Roscommon both on three points. Sligo and Kildare both on a point. Dublin against Sligo in the final game. Roscommon against Kildare. And... Mick, I think for all of the big contenders, I was still looking at the All-Ireland odds yesterday and the dubs are still ranked incredibly highly on, you know, the bookies odds, pundits odds, everybody. And I'm still not seeing it. I'm watching them and I'm thinking, when are they going to get going? When are they going to get going? They've got a game out against Sligo now, which you'd expect them to win comfortably enough. But we still won't have a gauge on them either at the end of this weekend. Not really, no. And that's the thing with the dubs. I mean, I would have had him pegged to win the All-Ireland at the start of the season, uh, I'm certainly given that thought now. But at the same time, I think for the same reasons uh, that everybody else is sort of putting faith in them, it's just you look at the squad and you yeah. look at the whole thing, you go, at some point, they're going to have to improve. But it doesn't work that way. You know, it's just, it doesn't necessarily always work that way. And, you know, for all we know, they have tried to put the boot down and they haven't got there. As it stands now, you're looking at it and, and you're kind of going, they're just kind of drifting gradually out of the championship. Now, we have seen plenty of examples down the years of teams of Dublin's calibre come up with one big performance that changes everything, right? Now, we're, this weekend isn't it. It'll be either the preliminary quarterfinal or the quarterfinal itself is when you will figure out where Dublin are at. Uh, and the, it might not be pretty for Dublin. It might not be good. But as it stands... Um, they're just so up and down. Look, I suppose in a, in a way you could say, look, they're getting the jobs done. You know, I mean, the Roscommon game was a, a frustrating one for them. Uh, again, though, free shot for Roscommon, really, first weekend. Oh, they got the job done against Kildare when it needed to be done. And they did it in a very Dublin way. Like, so you kind of go, okay, Boxing, particularly given their history this year against Kildare. So that's that done. And Sligo, look, they'll, they'll win the game. And looking at the permutations in this group, it may well come down to I mean, score difference Scoring and stuff difference, may well yeah. may well come into it. So, so you know, Sligo, I suppose from one from from one perspective, even if Sligo are losing, they're going to have to really dig in, because it could well come down to how much they lose by if they do lose, it could determine what happens next. So, I'm not sure that makes it any harder for Dublin. To be brutally honest, it's still Division One versus Division Four. It's still like favourites for the All Ireland against <laughs> a good developing coming team, but nonetheless. A, a currently a Division 3 team come out of Division 4 so um, yeah yeah like you're just looking again Dublin are just looking at this going we've got to win it whatever way it's going to look but yeah the, the real test obviously is going to come next weekend you know in, in yeah. Berlin 
best thing about this group, Cora, when you look at the scoring differences, you've got Roscommon on plus 10, Dublin on plus 9, Kildare on minus 9, and Sligo on minus 10. So even if all of these do tend to be tight games and it does come down to scoring difference, like Mick says, you're talking literally a whisker here of potentially a Sligo getting, you know, look, if 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 they were to do something absolutely magical uh, in this championship already, uh, you know, you'd be thinking the odds are stacked massively against them. But against a Dublin team not going well, who knows? I think maybe the bigger jeopardy is in the other game in terms of when you look at Roscommon and Kildare, given what they've both given us in this championship so far, that really is the game where you expect there to be absolute fireworks between those two teams. Yeah, I, I think if you look at that group, I think, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're thinking Dublin will beat Sligo. Um, but as Mick said, it, it'll all be down to maybe by how much mm-hmm. and Sligo to keep as well in the game as it can. Um, I suppose, yeah, the Roscommon-Kildare one then is, is where, it all, where it's all at. Where if Roscommon beat Kildare, again, it's down to Kildare trying to keep, to keep it as close as it is. Now, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a higher chance that the Roscommon-Kildare game Will be could go either way. I have been hugely impressed with Ross Common though. I think you know while Kildare have been in and out of it this year, I I watched Kildare Sligo, and I was very disappointed with Kildare that that day, especially after coming on on the back of their you know Leinster Championship semi final against Dublin, and you know they could, should have beaten Dublin that day. Um, you know Sligo the day they play against Kildare down in Marrakesh Park were the better team. Kildare were very very poor. Sligo you know had that. Um, point by Niall Murphy that was waved wide that you know when when we looked back of it, it was over so it was, it was that close so I was really disappointed with Kildare and I just I just think that Ross Common are, are going very well obviously bet Mayo in the Connacht Championship you know lost out to Galway but since then you know their draw with Dublin um and then their performance against Sligo the last day I just think they're going to have too much for Kildare I think they're definitely um since Davy Byrne came in are on you know, on an upward trajectory, and, and I think they're improving. So I think they're going to put Kildare to the pin of their collar, and, and Ross Common will be going all out and um, for that second position. And, and, and again, they'll be going all out for a big scalp in that prelim and trying to get to a quarterfinal or semi final to, to make it a very good year for them. So, yeah, I, I do think that Dublin will beat Sligo, and I think Ross Common will beat Kildare, but it's all go down to how much um each will beat each other by I, I do think that probably the Ross Common Kildare game is going to be closer than the Dublin Sligo game. So Kildare will probably get into that fair position. But um I do think when it comes to a prelink court find the way Kildare have performed far against the dubs in, in that um you know Leinster semi-final. I think they haven't been great this year and where mm-hmm. I think Ross Common have been excellent over Davy under Davy Byrne. Yeah and I do that the, is exactly the, it. The Davy Burke thing is just lovely in that Kildare Roscommon game like just how all that there pans out in the wee undercurrent because both management teams and there's been so much chat about uh, the decision making process in Kildare to appoint the team they did and Roscommon took Davy Burke and uh, the, the the results of the two teams to date so that'll be a wee undercurrent to that game too mm. and I do think that the Kildare performance against Dublin to me make that seems like that's the anomaly in all this we saw a, a different Kildare that day than we've seen for the whole rest of the championship in the Leicester Championships, I mean, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, they've been they've been very hard to put in. Uh, well, they haven't been unfortunately hard to put in. They've just been inconsistent and not very yeah. good. It's the bottom line, unfortunately for them. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was the outlier in the Leicester Championships. So look, that's 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 a pity from their point of view. I think uh, Roscommon is just so well organised, and I mean, of all the matches, I mean, we've said on this show before. Like, I mean, Davy Burke is very, very good at decoding opposition teams and and setting teams out. 
he'll have Roscommon set up. He'll have Roscommon set up and individuals kind of earmarked for this. So I would imagine Roscommon will win. I was actually a little bit premature there earlier on putting Dublin into a prelim quarterfinal. I'm actually looking at, just looking at it here, it's more than likely they'll finish top of the group actually because they're probably going to put a good score on Sligo more than likely, yeah. which puts them up. And then after that, I mean, Roscommon Kildare is more likely to be tight. So it could well be that, you know, you were, you were asking before, but where, where are Dublin at? Well, they could finish top of the group with their week off. And, you know, it's exactly where you would have put them a couple of months ago, regardless of how they've been playing. But obviously, look, like we were saying, the next the next step will be the big step for the Dubs. Mm. Yep. Look, very interesting to see how all of that pans out in Group 3. It's definitely the tightest of all of them. Let's round off on Group 4 then. Uh, Monaghan, Derry and Donegal all through. It's just the order to be determined in terms of this because Clare, we already know, are out. The final round of matches, Clare against Derry in Glennon Brothers, Pierce Park and Donegal against Monaghan in Oma. And... I don't know, Cora, it seems to me this mini Ulster championship that Clare found themselves in was always going to be a scramble for them to get out. But are Derry still ahead of the rest of the teams in this group based on what you've seen in this championship? I know they have been in fits and starts and they've obviously had a, you know, a a very difficult championship campaign with uh, losing their manager and, and everything else that has happened. But are they still ahead of the pack here? Yeah, I definitely think they're ahead of the pack. Um, do are are they where they want to be? I think they are. Um, you know, they've won the Ulster title. Um, I do think they'll probably top that group there, just because they've clear clearer outfit. And I think again, go to, back to our scoring difference. I think they'll 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 be clear by enough. I know that they they'll need to be clear by enough. Um, where the Derry Donegal or the Monaghan Donegal game could be closer. So I do think they'll top the group. They'll have their week off. And again, a bit like Dublin, they are where they want to be. But they've had a very good Ulster campaign. Probably struggled a little bit again in, in this group stages. But again, it's all new. We've spoken about, you know, is this where the, you know you take your little bit of a dip and, you know, get prepared for a, either a prelim or a court final. I think that's where Derry are at. But I do think that they're, they are the best team within this group. Um, I do think they've probably... Hit a little bit of form, but you know they they come up against a very good Monaghan team that you know always put teams to to the pin of pin of their collar. Um, you know obviously Donegal have had a very up and down year, but I do think Derry are, are the strongest team within this group and and have been obviously the strongest team in, in Ulster. Um, and I do think Monaghan will beat Donegal and, and and they will come out um you know second and you know Donegal finish as our third team. You know, and and for them I suppose after the 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 year that they've had the turmoil they've had both you know off the field and, and change a manager um, into a prelim court final. It's probably a free hit for them. Um, you know, they're probably, the, the, again, the, their first game against Clare was the one that decided whether they'll get the, the third position. Um, you know, I, I going forward, do I see Derry as All-Ireland contenders? Are they there in that top two or three teams to win the All-Ireland? I don't think so. I still think they're, they're missing something. Um, I still think uh, up front is an issue when Shane McGuigan, I know they've developed a few more players, but I think I still think that's an issue for them going forward. But yeah, I certainly think they'll be there in a quarter final, possibly a semi final. And you know, they, they can take a big team, but can they take that step and and get to an All Ireland final and win one? Maybe just not yet. 
a week's rest could mean a lot to that team as well because when you look at it you've got Monaghan and Derry both on three points and both of them are also on a scoring difference of plus five and bearing in mind that they also drew when they played 14 points apiece it could well come down to who's scored more and if Derry are playing against Clare and Monaghan are playing against Donegal you would think ended that that does give the advantage to Derry because Monaghan Donegal Ulster football generally does tend to be tight you rarely see teams whipping another team so you would imagine that scoring difference actually could be crucial in this group yeah you would think scoring difference and obviously Derry done a job on Clare in the National League and, and Clare felt yeah. uh, pretty much helpless in that game I think they've, they've talked a few times that that was a real harsh lesson for them up there Colin Collins obviously has done wonders with Clare for, for many years he, he faces a tough challenge but I wouldn't put it past him that he can get them to play on Pride and for Pride alone and to make this difficult for Derry Derry obviously will feel as if the job is done they should finish top and go through absolutely agree I think with the size of the panel that they have and the relentlessness that they ask of their main players I think the week's break is massive yeah. uh, they are for me they're the strongest Ulster contender this year so far uh, but like Galway and Mayo, and maybe going back to that discussion we we're having about why do why are Dublin persistently there in terms of the, the favourite conversations, despite maybe not putting in the performances to back it up uh, so far. Uh, I think Kerry and Dublin, unless one of the other teams really goes out, puts their hand up and goes and wins the thing, then Kerry and Dublin pick up in All Ireland. That, that's what has tended to happen. I always felt that for, for Tyrone during our years, unless we went and actually won it, Kerry would just go and lift it and just go through the motion, hit hit a certain level and be good enough. For Mayo and Galway, Roscommon and Derry, their big questions is can they take out big guns in Croke Park on in, in consecutive rounds? Because they're going to have to do that to win the Ireland. Kerry and Dublin know and believe that they can, and that mindset and that experience is massive come down the finish straight. Does, does that mean the other teams can't? No, but they have a hurdle to prove, and until they, they get over it and prove that they can do it, then those question marks remain where they're not over Dublin and Kerry, and I think that's why those teams remain persistently high for Derry. Finish top, get a week's break, and then they can start going about their business. But And if they go on and win it, we'll all be wise after the event. I agree with Cora, they, they, they have more to prove, but they have the weaponry, and I think they will be a team relishing the chance to start proving it. I do think they also might relish the chance to play somebody other than out of Ulster, Mick, because you look, they win an Ulster championship. Their prize for that is to be put in another mini Ulster championship. And I do think this Derry team are definitely going in the right direction. They've proven that over the last 12 or 18 months. And you look at the way that they're playing, you'd just love to see what they look like against a Dublin or a Kerry and really, really give us a sense of how close they might be. You know, that maybe if we did give them a bit of a... um uh, like a step back and and look at them the way that we look at the Dublins, the Kerrys, the Galways, that maybe they do have a bit more to offer. Chances are, like, I mean, looking at the preliminary quarterfinals, the teams we're putting through at the moment, like half of them are from Ulster. <laughs> so, you know, the chance, they have a one in four chance of getting another Ulster team in the quarterfinals. So they'll be battle-hardened anyway. They'll be battle-hardened. They'll be worn out. They'll want to just retire. They'll definitely get thrown in the quarterfinals. That's definitely happening. <laughs> um... And yeah, I, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. Look, I think they're. Um, I think that Donegal game was massive for Derry because mm-hmm. um, the Monaghan game obviously was a dip again. Going back to that whole provincial champion thing, but they obviously had the added aspect of Rory Gallagher not being there and trying to figure out like what 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 how is this going to look 
for us as a team going forward and, and how we're going to perform and such. Um, so going to Belly Buffet and getting a win counts for a lot. And on the flip side, it probably probably knocks Donegal back a bit to see to, to see themselves losing at Belly Buffet as well from from the point of view of going down to Rome and out to play to to play Monaghan. But um I think Derry are yeah, <clears throat> I think Derry are kind of they're still to me just they don't have the squad to win in All Ireland. It's not there yet. Um they don't they're just they're just not they're they're gonna need an awful lot of stuff to go right for them to get there. They absolutely will need that week off, as has been mentioned already. They're that, they, they're operating off such a relatively small group. No, the guys they bring on, they're getting they're getting bits and pieces off the bench every time. They're you know, they're they are contributing. Lachlan Murray has done very well the last couple of mm. times to come on. I think he scored nearly with his first kick in both matches, I think. But uh he's anyway, whichever he's done, he's done well. But they're still that's that little bit. And I think just the the general turbulence of this year cannot be underestimated. And not so much it's more how how they'll set up against the better teams and the and and the stronger teams and that that's when it's going to squeeze. You just as Enda said, there are teams that have to go and win in All Ireland, and there are other teams who just have to hold steady to win in All Ireland. And Derry are absolutely in that. I mean, most teams are in that category that you have to go and grab it. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure they can do that. I expect them to finish top of the group. Monaghan will probably be second. Um, I imagine they will probably take Donegal. Yeah. But then again, there might be a kick in Donegal. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of positives in the way they played against Derry as well. You know, it wasn't a complete not far from a disaster for them. So maybe there might be a kick in them as well. We'll see. All right. Well, we'll see. Lastly, then, look, let's rattle quickly through the Talton Cup quarterfinals as well. Uh, Limerick against Leash, Meath against Wexford, Cavan against Down and Antrim against Carlow. Just starting off, Cora, with Limerick against Leash. It does seem to me maybe Leash are starting to find form after, you know, a bit of an up and down that draw against London and that late late show against London just seemed to maybe give them a bit of a rattle, but they definitely look like they've upped their performance in recent weeks. Yeah, they definitely have. Um, and I think they'd, they'd be happy that they're, they're true to a quarter final. And, you know, they probably as well, when, when you look at the other teams that were there in, in the Down and Meads and, and Antrims, they probably, they will look at themselves, Limerick, um, you know, the Gaelic grounds is probably, you know, uh, probably the easier of the, of the quarter finals that they've c- c- pulled. So, yeah, Billy Sheehan has done well to to get them this far. Um, I do think they they they're one that certainly can can take Limerick. Um, you know, Limerick obviously had a a, a very good run in the, in the Talton group stages. You know, obviously had a a year a, a difficult year in the Munster Championship. Um, you know, their manager going Ray Dimsey going and you know a bit of turmoil there. They they've really recovered well. So I think that's going to be a good game. But I do think it's a game that Lee should look at and say. This is one that can get us to a semi-final and really put their year back on track because before that it was, you know, there was a lot of negative talk around Leash and how badly they were going. But um, yeah, their performance the last day was excellent, and, and I, I do think they're they, they take them and get to a talented semi-final. Mead Wexford and uh, it seems to me Mead look like they're taking this seriously which we weren't quite sure what Colm O'Rourke was going to do but it does seem he's got a lot of buy-in from his squad and they look like a team going in the right direction yeah absolutely and I think when when you're trying to sell it to me the fact that the likes of Cav and a respected team are there and down a respected coming team are there as well I, th- I think that helps for Manor we're obviously there as well and they've been dumped out by by Leash last week but I think when when you're looking around and seeing well 
if Meath can prove themselves better than than Cavan and Down and Fermanagh and those teams that are there, that that is a good solid foundation for them then to start building on, if you know what I mean, and sort of almost stop a certain slide. That's them now. They've got a foothold now. Let's build. Uh, with Sam Maguire obviously entering next year, but uh, the the home the home games here would would appear crucial. Those teams have been going well in the in the Talton Meath. Very much developmental, same as down, very much developmental. Uh, but you're expecting me to come through against Wexford. Wexford and Leash wins last week were a surprise uh, from otherwise relatively poor seasons uh, or seasons that probably there was more, more negative than, than positive about them. Those wins are massive for them, but it's going to be tough for them now to, to follow them up. Leash and Limerick is probably a wee bit more winnable, but you're expecting probably the home teams to come through. But the big one is obviously Cavan v v down for me. It, it it's a it's a cracking looking fixture. Uh, Cavan obviously won well in the National League and they met in the Talton last year, and Cavan won well. But I think Down have made significant progress, so it'll be very interesting just to see the extent of that progress and uh, on at the weekend. This is the game of the round for me, Mick. I mean, I, you look at Cavan. We thought last year they could have won the tournament. They get to the final. They obviously fall at the final hurdle. This is a down team that Enda has spoken about in glowing terms over the last number of weeks that Conor Laverty has done a great job. The winner of this one, to me, looks like they could easily be installed as the favourites of this championship. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think from the point of view of Cavan, they went so close last year. Uh, that must be a source of huge frustration to them to kind of find themselves back in this scenario again when they were so close to to getting into Sam Maguire. So, and, you know, by the look of their group form, they've, they've skated through really. So, I mean, this is where you'd imagine they're going to, they're going to kick up a gear if there is another gear to go to down developing. Um, Lost to Meath, like they're, like they're in with tip of water for two games they would have expected to win. And then the one game, they're probably thinking, right, let's see where we're at. They lose. So it just tells them they have a little bit more to go yet too. So a game of their own for sure. Home advantage and just that kind of, that bit of knowledge of the track in the Talchin Cup as well, you know, it's only two years old, but Cavan are the one team that know that 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 know the pitfalls here, and as as is often said, when you get so far in a competition and you lose, and people go, "Oh, it's always next year." It's a hell of a long way back. It's a hell of a long way back, and for Cavan to have gotten so close to the top sixteen, uh, top seventeen, top sixteen, sorry, uh, and not get there last year, I'd say they'd be driven just to get this one done. Just get it done. So I expect Cavan to win it. Yeah, I was thinking that Cora, if they look at West Me, then they're saying, okay, that that could be us, you know, a guaranteed place in the Sam Maguire for next season. It is a big carrot for these teams. It's it's huge. And I think that's the biggest carrot. And you look at the likes of the Cavan Downs, probably Mead. Um, you know, probably the you know, the Cavan Down, whoever wins that, you're probably right, will be installed as favourites. Mead will probably, you know, like to say that they're not far away either. So I think it's a huge carrot. I think they're only seeing it from this year. You know, the Talton Cup, obviously, Westmead's win, but they weren't even sure, you know, um, you know how Westmead would go or, you know, being in the Sam Maguire, or how, how would it all work? And now they've seen it. You know, we've spoken already about Westmead and their group that they're in with, you know, um, Galway um, and, you know, how they don't, you know, ran Armagh very close and, you know, could potentially have been in a in a prelim quarterfinal of the Sam Maguire only for that, you know, loss against Armagh. Um, you know, they've put up a really good showing in the Sam Maguire. So I think think teams like me, Cavan, Down in particular, I think them three, you know, I think Antrim have shown great form in the Talton as well and haven't been really spoken about, but they've had a great run through it and they're home again and against Carlo and you'd expect them to be in a semi-final. And 
yeah, I remember being at the Talton Cup last year in Crow Park and, you know, everyone was saying it was Cavins to win. And, you know, Westmead came out and played, you know, a, a cracker that day. So I, I think it's a huge card for teams. And I think teams now are really seeing that. And that's why the value of the Talton Cup and, you know, players staying around and, and, and teams trying to, you know, get to a, a semi-final or a final and, you know, anything can happen then. I, I think it's huge value. And, and that Sam McGuire position, Cavan, me down and, and the rest of the teams are really going to go at it to get that um, last 16 position. Yeah, I agree. Let's finish off on Antrim then. You mentioned them and, and uh, like, I suppose just your sense of where they're going, because there's no doubt about it. They are definitely one of the teams in this Talton Cup who have looked promising. They've played some good football. And again, like Cora says, it's a, it's a big carrot for them as well to want to be in the, the final stages of this championship too. Yeah, I think when you're looking at really big teams in the, in the senior competition, I think they're used they've built up a level of, of of resiliency and they can cope with losses and bounce back and keep coming again. Uh, teams in the Talton Cup particularly, momentum is absolutely king. And if you can get a couple of wins, Anthem during the National League early in the season, they were so unfortunate, a couple of losses, but they took their hits early in the season and they're now building. And whenever Anthem get confident, get playing, they, they have great footballers. They're playing well at the minute. And whenever they get a confident bunch together and really feel as if they're within a touching distance of this, then then they become a really proper threat. Uh, and I can absolutely see Antrim pushing right into semi-final, final, uh, and potentially when they'll they'll be looking at the rest of the teams there and not particularly fearing anybody with the form that they're carrying with them. They had huge injury problems during the league and champ, and they've got more of them players back. Now, so whenever you get that at the right time of the year, I, I think teams can can really become dangerous. Expecting them to come through with home advantage there, Corrigan Park. There's a wee buzz. I've seen various stuff in the press, the local press this week, the the, the Gale Fast programme and the amount of children they have out playing in schools now has been showing a really positive uh, trajectory. So they're very much trying to piggyback and want a Talton run to keep that going and try and get to Crook Park and try and bring busloads of those children that they have now playing in the schools competitions that they've been running down to Crook Park and keep that positively going. So again, when we look for the benefits of secondary competitions, when you look for the benefit of Antrim going deep into the summer, keeping that senior squad together, keeping them training during the summer at a time in the year when it's lovely to be out playing football with in a competition that you can realistically go the full way and go and win the thing uh, with the benefit of playing Crook Park with a team holiday the likes of Westmead, those things mean a lot for teams at this level. And that developmental path of the extra weeks together, it's all positive. So Antrim's in a very good place. I expect them to take care of Carlo uh, and then set up a, a, a drive to push on and, and try and win the thing. I've no doubt that that's where what's well, in Antrim's eye line at the minute. Yeah, well, as we know with the Talton Cup, you just don't know. It has uh, proven to be a great tournament, Mick, so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's good because for the obvious reason you're put you're pitching equally matched teams against each other and yeah. the Antrim thing is great because it's something that people obviously wouldn't be aware of because Antrim don't really come forward in the old system you wouldn't have seen much of them but there's I mean end of touching it there there's an incredible confidence in Antrim teams that are going well it's kind of you wouldn't expect it because they you know but I remember back in even 2009 and you'll obviously remember this when they got to another final and it was like they were playing their own. And genuinely, like the Antrim boys would have been totally and utterly believed they were they were well there. And I don't know what would that must have been their first ultra final in forever. 
But like there would have been, and I remember well, I remember well Mickey Hart and Tony Donnelly being very wary because they knew that the swagger that Antrim bring when the when the momentum gets going, it must be a city thing, I don't know, but it just it just it it gets them it gets them moving. But as as I said, for Antrim, I mean Gaelic games in in Belfast City in particular is something you know very always on the brink of crisis, and really having something like this a Talchin Cup run, and it and it's it applies the same everywhere. Uh, all these teams are getting a bounce. I mean, I'm sure Limerick are getting a, a good old bounce out, out of this as well. Um, Cavan down, all of them. They're, you know, it's keeping the thing going, good weather, playing into the middle of the summer, chance of winning something and a bit of progression at the end of it all. Sure. What more do you want from a competition, really? Well, that's it. Look, once any of them can get them to buy into it, um, that definitely helps everybody who's going watching it. Well, look, wherever you guys are going this weekend, enjoy the matches. It is going to be full throttle with football. And here's hoping it progresses to being brilliant from here on in. And we're talking about magic football matches instead of, please, can you get off your arses and go and watch these matches? Would be great. <laughs> uh, so look, wherever everybody is going this weekend, enjoy it. And we'll chat to you next week. Oh